I like how we have this like uh, this like rhythm where like we're going back and forth and we're just waiting for Steve to like jump in and say some more stuff and it nev- it doesn't stop. Like, it just keeps going throughout the whole episode and then Steve's just like, no, 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 no. I got nothing more to <laughs> Ryan, say. Ryan's just gonna tell the story about how he got to write like the Superman script for Nicolas Cage and. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilow Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Cheese, egg, and Welch's grape. <laughs> and Ryan. Smothered and covered, always. No other way to have them hash browns. <laughs> I guarantee you my brother finished the rest of the, uh, of the, the B.I.G. song when I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, all his old stuff was so good, and then, like, you listen to, like, I'm not gonna say just rap, but, like, you listen to kind of, like, hip-hop or just music in general, and it just is so bad. Like, if you go go old school and just put on some Lauryn Hill and just listen to that for mean, 20 like, minutes. right now compared yeah. to, like, Lauryn Hill and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so there's some new stuff where, like, you, maybe there's one good song, but, like, I really, I haven't been able to really get into a lot of the new shit. It's I try really hard too. Like I, a lot of the problem. The good thing is, a lot of the music I like has been the same since it came out because I'm into punk and indie. So it's like you can't do too much innovation there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess you could, but you know, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, but I just Fuckin like mumble rap versus somebody I like, like like <sighs> versus somebody like Big L, you know, from back in the day, or like Mace or Nas, like, and then you got. Mace, this shit. Hell yeah, <laughs> Riot. Riot's just gonna go on Michael Rappaport now. <laughs> Michael, Michael, uh, yeah, Michael Rappaport. Mace is like a fucking preacher now. Yeah, he's out he the is. Rap, he's out the rap game. But then you listen to some shit that they got now. It's just like mumble rap, and it just sounds like shit. Oh, dude, it's so bad. Yeah, mumble rap's bad, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Like, there's really only a few of them out there anyway. And this is Ryan's Boomer Corner. <laughs> anyway, back to the juice. So, as I was saying, <laughs> and now Ryan's Boomer Corner, and now we have folks. Uh, it's the best segment of the week: the Jewish Minute with Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's just becomes uh, is it and, uh, uh, Andy Rooney? I am just yeah. gonna get just, dead. just you know what really something? bothers me about loafers. <laughs> yeah. And he just goes on a rant for like. Why don't the minutes. waitresses ever smile anymore? <laughs> if you say, "Hey, listen, now is the Jewish minute. We're giving it to Ryan." I'm just going to be dead quiet for sixty seconds because I don't feel like there's anything I could say that <laughs> would immediately the last be looked time at. <laughs> an air waitress gave you a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andy Rooney. Oh, fun fact for everybody that's listening. I don't know if you guys had seen that I had uh, put this on the uh, old social medias, but apparently, and I learned this the other night, apparently, if you throw up hard enough, you can tear your esophagus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can do all kinds of weird shit from throwing up. My buddy threw up so hard that he burst all the blood vessels in the sclera of his eyes. Now, that's, that's, I've seen that common, right? Yeah. It's fucking crazy, though, right? Like, your your buddy looks at you, and his eyes are completely blood red. Yeah. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, buddy. But, I mean, what like... What the fuck is this? Castlevania? This person that was my patient tore her esophagus because wow. she was throwing up so hard. I what was, was she like, throwing up? Oh, like, my God. She, I, don't, I don't know. What did she I, She was already there when I got on shift, so I was, like, taking over for her. And they hadn't yeah. found out exactly what was wrong yet. So right, COVID and flu. Right, like they didn't know what was wrong yet, but then all of a sudden the CT results came back and it was like, oh, that's not good. Cofluvid. It's called flovid. Flovid sounds like a, a birth control. So let's just. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds like a drug that they sell on like that you, that you see during like commercials. Yeah, flovid helps people with non-soriatic rheumatoid arthritis. Talk to your doctor or your gastroenterologist to find out if flovid is right for you. Common side effects are asthma, <laughs> sudden ability to do card magic, plastic, <laughs> just, just say words, watery anal leakage. 
Oh, no, dude. Now, you got to get more creative. Don't be just gross about it. <laughs> All right, oily leakage, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that would be way oily, worse. Speaking of Don't oily you can't change the viscosity of the poop. <laughs> anyway, this week, what kind of viscosity is the poop, Steve? Uh, it's uh, going to be pretty solid because yeah. we're going to be talking about the Luddites. The Luddites? Oh, man. Speaking okay. of my uncle, <laughs> he is definitely a Luddite. Like, no doubt about Luddite. They uh, they had to go, like, you know, help him with his cards and stuff because he can't find his wallet. Uh-huh. And uh, he had no online accounts. Like, I mean, none. I'm, he had to call I, everyone to do I'm, anything. I personally identify as a Luddite when people try to show me new social medias or TikToks or whatever the fuck. I'm like, get that shit out of my fucking face. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to learn it. I refuse. <laughs> what so, you just said is kind of like saying I have PTSD. Like, I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> what is Listen, what is TikTok but just another app? I watch TikTok videos on Instagram like a true 30-year-old boomer. Exactly. That's how I do it. Puts on his puts on his reading glasses. Uh, I, I feel hold, like I, got I hold my I feel phone like with one it. hand and I use my index finger to scroll and do everything. <laughs> <laughs> has, has to get it into his bifocals, <laughs> moisturized in his lane, thriving. <laughs> I turn the volume up as high as humanly possible when I watch my movies. Doing doing like the Larry David squint as he looks at the looks at the phone. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, I just, that, no, I'm not doing it. I'll fuck around with new computer technology, phone technology, technology like that. You're just like, oh, I have a new way for you to waste time, a new way for people just to get stupider by watching videos. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. (laughs) Call me a Luddite. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Well, man. So the the use of, of Luddite that you're using, while correct in the modern sense, is is not really accurate in describing the movement you of the Luddites. <laughs> um, yeah. So now Steve's going to sell you on Mormonism. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about How would you like to have plates. a heavenly family? Okay. I don't care you about say your Joseph plates. Smith was crazy. Get him on. Let me tell you someone else who they thought was crazy. A man so crazy, he just became the sanest man alive. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Here we go. <laughs> Just a completely weird, like, path argument. All right, so, so what are they, Steve? What yeah. do they do? They, well, they, they need box mac and cheese? Yes. Um, so going back as far as uh, 1811 is when the uh, the name first uh, shows up. Um, allegedly, Lud now, was a... Now, would the Luddites uh, have a problem with a 1911? Hmm? Uh, nope. Is it that type of technology? Because when you got a 1911, well, there's no problems at all. <laughs> they're they're mostly they're mostly angry about factories. Um, so, <laughs> Me too, buddy. Uh, so Lud was uh, allegedly a weaver from uh, Anstey um, near uh, uh, Leicester, uh, England. What is his name? Leicester. Lud. Lud. His name is Lud. Yes, uh, it, I believe it's uh, usually it's uh, depicted as his uh, last name. Okay, I was going to say, what's um, like Madonna and Sting? Just Lud. <laughs> in uh, 1779, um, after uh, he was either uh, whipped for idleness uh, or taunted by uh, local youths in uh, Anstey, um, he he would smash two knitting frames um, in what was uh, what was dubbed a, a fit of passion. A fit of passion. Um, I've, the I've story, had a couple of those. The story can be uh, traced to an article. Losing Street Fighter. When you just like try to break your fight stick over your knee, <laughs> just go to snap it, break my knee. Oh my god! Um, but this story can be traced back to an article in the Nottingham uh, Review um, that that was published on December twentieth, eighteen eleven. Um, but there's no independent uh, verification for it. Okay. Um, John Blackner, uh, who wrote a book called The History of Nottingham, um, he which was published in eighteen eleven. Uh, he provided a variant of the tale of a lad called uh, Ludlum, um, who was uh, told by his father uh, a framework knitter to quote unquote, or a framework uh, knitter uh, to uh, quote unquote square his needles. Okay. Um, so Ludlum uh, uh, allegedly took a took a hammer um, and and beat them into a heap. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, so news of this incident spread. 
Um, and so whenever uh, knitting frames were or sabotage, uh, people would uh, jokingly say that Ned Ludd did it. Um, Wait, Ned. Th- okay. Ned Ludd. Yeah, Ned is, is usually uh, is often a, uh, a name uh, given for him. Um, he's often depicted wearing a, uh, a dress. Okay. Um, and he's just sort of like a sort of like a very ridiculous figure. Um, but there's there's reason for that, which we'll get to. Um, okay. So the name uh, Ludd is uh, believed to be uh, Welsh in origin. Um, according to uh, Geoffrey of Monmouth's um, History of the Kings of Britain and other uh, medieval Welsh texts, um, there was a Celtic king of of, of Britain um, in pre-Romans times who was supposedly uh, who supposedly founded uh, London and was buried at Ludd Gate. Um, in the Welsh versions of Geoffrey's Historia, um, uh, it established a, a connection uh, to the early mythical. Uh, Lud uh, Lal uh, Arant. Yeah, well, um, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure you didn't pronounce that correctly because it's Welsh. <laughs> yeah. So there was not enough diphthongs, quad thongs, cinco thongs. You know, not enough stuttering. I didn't, I didn't come up at the end. Yeah. Well, that's Canadian though. That's Canadian Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, this isn't in in verse two. Uh, the Luddites do not have what what, what is dubbed uh, technophobia um, or, or technofear, which is a fear or dislike of advanced technology or complex devices, um, right, right, es- right. especially computers. Yeah, I was going to say, um, um, I think technophobia is a, a fear of enigma. <laughs> Man, that's a dated music reference. Holy I'm about shit. to say, holy shit, Oof. dude. Him, taking him back, boys. I had to think taking about that one for a minute. It's a fear... Of DJ Tiesto, as you <laughs> might do. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, um, so this generally I'm not stop. By the way, I'm just I I am so on it tonight. Roll on. <laughs> this is uh, rolling, 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 rolling. That's exactly what um, I'm doing. Right oh my, oh god, my god! It's Fred Worst. Get the fuck Little. out of here, Fred Worst. Who's that? Um. Oh my god. Oh, Fred! Oh, uh, uh, I've never I, heard that before. I knew you'd get it eventually. Yeah, I thought you were talking about like some type of you know deli meat. Worst. <laughs> <laughs> Boar's head or nothing. Um, right. But uh, technophobia is generally an irrational fear of technology and the impacts uh, technology has mm-hmm. on society. Uh, Larry Rosen, a, a research psychologist. Um, and a computer educator uh, at uh, California State University, uh, Dominguez Hill, um, he's he sort of uh, suggests that there are three dominant subcategories of technophobes, the uncomfortable users, the cognitive computer phobes, and the anxious uh, computer phobes. Okay. Um, and technophobia did begin um, sort of uh, becoming a thing during the Industrial Revolution, um, it, uh, it has been also observed all around the world. Um, and, uh, this has caused, uh, some groups to, uh, take stances against modern technological developments, um, in order to preserve their, their ideological, uh, work. Um, and, and this is mainly because, you know, uh, new technologies conflict with their established beliefs, um, such as, uh, personal values of simplicity and modest lifestyles. Yep. And for, um, more for instance, modern like, example, Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our um, environmental or, terrorist. Or like, uh, for instance, like, um, you know, like Hasidic Jews, how um, they they have to use, like, when, when they access the internet, they it has to be, like, all, like, messed up when what? they use it. What? Yeah, yeah, they have like to use, like, special browsers where it's uh, messed up. No, the Mormons just... Just you know, they they just have that app that makes it so that they'll know if you're looking at pornography. So what does it mean, like the browser, like like you go to web pages, it's all just scrambled. Yeah, I'm confused. Like, what do you mean? It's, uh, it's messed well, it's, up. Well, it's 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 messed up in the sense that um like the the pictures aren't in color um and it, it generally removes images and things like that. It makes it like a very simplistic version of the website. Um and oftentimes too, they'll they'll like Photoshop out like women in pictures, like in newspapers and stuff. Imagine living that backwards, dude. That's insanity. Jesus. Um, uh, some examples of technophobic ideas uh, are found in um, uh, found in different uh, literary and uh, and film works. Uh, for instance, uh, Frankenstein. 
um, and the the film Metropolis um, show examples of technophobic ideas. Um, yeah. And and this is usually through uh, portraying you know the darker side of technology, um, which uh, which can be perceived as being technophobic. Because mm-hmm. um, as technologies become uh, increasingly complex and difficult to understand, uh, people are more likely to become anxious about them. Um, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. Yeah, just look at AI right now. That's it, dude. It Perfect is, example. I was reading about uh, AI like porn, and I was, <laughs> and it was like, it, dude, it's like, apparently every like state like prosecutor has contacted the federal government to figure out what the fuck they should do. Like it's ridiculous. You can just take anyone you know and put their face into a fucking AI generator and eventually get the most ridiculous things you could do anything with them and, and there's nothing that can be done about it because the, there's no law in the books about it at yeah because there's that there's that one uh twitch streamer who got in trouble for that it's legit a problem like 100 percent legit a problem like there's there's a i mean that's just like the the one tip of that iceberg but the, yeah ai right now is pretty bad well, I mean, it's that's what you get when you get a bunch of techno bros who are only interested in the almighty dollar and just doing "quote unquote" cool. Look at this cool, fun shit we did, bro. Well, like, I would it. disagree There's with no other you there. For that. Not to be a prick, but I would disagree with you there. Just it's mainly that uh, AI's been the focus of computing since its onset. Like, I mean, the ability to make these things think better and better is kind of at the core of computing. So the eventual reality is to try to get artificial intelligence no right right so but what i'm saying it's just like a, is the people that are using it for nefarious purposes or those fucking oh dickheads. you mean the, the, the scumbags yeah yes. well i mean yeah. yeah absolutely but but the point is is that it's such a crazy increase in technology as far as we know anyway right it's such a crazy increase in technology in such a short period of time that there's just no law in the books to really take care of some of these things, so they and the only, get I it mean, under the only saving control. grace that we have is the fact that they kind of fall I don't know into what that they uncanny do, valley. Um, like, yeah, category. some of these don't. Well, I, think, I think the joke is as long the the thing in AI that we've always told people is if if you can see their hands, you can tell if it's fake or not. Yeah, but I mean, it's AI always, if you can't watch get videos, fingers right. Apparently, yeah. yeah well, I mean, <laughs> it, like, also it's like the speaking patterns are like kind of always thumbs. fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. It's not exact. It's always just it's, little things that give it away. That it's, but it's obvious. pretty good. But if you give, you know, your you could convince a grandmother a video, <laughs> she might not be able to see the difference. You could convince a luddite that it was real. <laughs> the luddite would just smash your phone. <laughs> uh, so the the luddites um, themselves uh, followed uh, previous uh, outbreaks of sabotage um, in the English textile industry. Um, especially in the uh, the hosiery and woolen trades. Yep. Um, for oh, instance, yeah, uh, or, organized action by uh, uh, by uh, stockingers had had occurred various times um, in England as recorded as early as 1675. Um, in Lancashire, a, a new uh, cotton spinning technologies um, were uh, were met with uh, violent resistance in 1768 and 1779. Um, because uh, because these inventions were able to produce textiles uh, faster um, and uh, more cheaply, um, that uh, that they could also be um, uh, operated by less skilled, low wage laborers. Well, that's not good. Nope. Um, so this would a lot of times put uh, like sort of like professional uh, tailors out of work. Oh, so this is capitalist nonsense. Gotcha. Um, and uh, sometimes too. Uh, this would result in government suppression, um, usually via uh, parliamentary acts, um, such as the uh, Protection of Stocking Frames Act of 1788, which made it a crime uh, to uh, to break uh, stocking frames as a uh, act of resistance. What is a stocking frame? Um, it's like a it's like sort of like a loom. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. Uh, uh, uprisings would happen as well over uh, asset prices. Um, uh, which which occurred also as well um, in the century preceding uh, Ludditism, um, uh, such as the regular rises in food prices provoked uh, the keelmen of the Port of Tyne in 1710 uh, to riot, and in uh, tin miners to steal from granaries at uh, Falmouth in 1727. Um, there was also rebellion in, in Northumberland and, and Durham in 1740 
And I saw it on a, a Quaker corn dealers in 1756. Quaker corn dealers? I thought Quakers dealt specifically with oats. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the Quakers' claim to fame was oats. Oh. I saw, look, we've all seen the guy in the package. Come on, man. Yep. <laughs> I've never seen Quaker corn. I've seen Quaker oats. Well, it just wasn't as popular, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't quite cut in the, uh, the corn market, you know. Uh, the historian uh, Malcolm L. Thomas argued in his 1970 history of the Luddites um, that their uh, that their breaking of machines was one of the few tactics that workers could use to increase pressure on employers um, and undermine lower paid competing workers, um, and also in a, a way of, a means of creating solidarity among workers. Um, he said, "Quote unquote: These attacks on machines did not imply any necessary hostility to machinery as such." Machinery was just a conveniently exposed target against which an attack could be made. Um, the historian Eric Hobsbawm, um, he called the machine wrecking, uh, quote-unquote, collective bargaining by riot, uh, which had been a tactic used in Britain since the Restoration uh, because the manufacturers uh, were scattered throughout the country, and that made it um, impractical for them to hold large-scale strikes. <laughs> Large-scale strike, they just break one loom. Yeah. That's it. But, I mean, also this is the 1700s, so, I mean, they only had, like, three. (laughs) You've reduced their output by a third, destroying one loom. (laughs) 1700s? No, it's the 1800s, isn't it? Well, yeah, this is all talking about things that happened in the the 1700s as well. Oh, But the the Luddites themselves, as a phenomenon, was in uh, 1811. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, there, there's also an agricultural variant on 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 Luddism, uh, which occurred during the uh, Swing Riots of 1830 in southern and eastern England, um, centering on uh, breaking threshing machines. Um, so this is this is more like the uh, the the Dusty Roads uh, school of like labor agitation. Mm-hmm. You know, a computer computer stole your job, Daddy. Yeah, the uh, the threshing machine stole your job, so we're gonna break the threshing machine. Now, do we have that kind of resistance here in the states when the cotton gin came out? Well, no, because the laborers were slaves. Okay, <laughs> all right, okay, fair. <laughs> and there you have it. All right, fair. Um, he did think, though, that um, when when the cotton gin was created, they did think it would uh, that it would speed up the demise of slavery. But it actually gave uh, slavery uh, more life by, by making it easier to use. Boost. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Bro, what the fuck? Um, so the Luddite movement itself emerges during the uh, during the Napoleonic Wars in 1811, um, which saw uh, a rise in uh, difficult working conditions in the new textile factories, and also the uh, the harsh economic conditions that existed during that period. Um, you say textiles. They, what are textiles? I've played enough like fabric, and fabrics. shit, but I still never figured it out. Like fabrics. Okay, so yeah. it's not it's not like the, the tiles on your roof, right? No. Okay. No. Okay. That would be roof tiles. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the textile was like a tile made in Texas, like specifically those South Florida tiles no, that you no, see on no. the roof. You know, you know, have you ever, what kind of phone do you have? Android? iPhone? Uh, yeah. You have Android. iPhone? Android. 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 Okay. You know the little app that says messages? Yeah. It's like a square. That's your textile. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting off this call. <laughs> oh, man. Just just going to hear that, like, like Skype sign-off noise. You're going to hear the Discord. Boom. <laughs> what happened? I keep re-inviting Ryan to the call for 30 minutes. He'll be back. <laughs> He's alive. He'll be fine. Now I'm breaking my textiles. <laughs> you know what I'll do? I'll get off the call and I'll textile him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> yep, yep. It's fine. Um, so the... Uh, the Luddites, as, as mentioned before, that their primary objection to the technology was not the technology itself. It was the fact that um, the employers increasingly using automated textile um, equipment was uh, threatening the jobs and livelihoods of skilled workers um, because they could use cheaper and less skilled workers to replace them. It sounds like the complaint is capitalism, TBH. Just saying. Well, well, well yes, but it, but it's also sort of like the labor version of 
like the the arguments for like artists against like AI art. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so the movement began in Arnold uh, Nottingham um, on March eleventh, eighteen eleven, and it would spread uh, quickly throughout uh, England over the following two years. Arnold, the uh, easiest name in English towns to remember. <laughs> Arnold's Fritzshire or something like that. It's Arnold. The, uh, uh, because uh, the British economy, though, uh, was suffering uh, from 1810 to 1812 um, uh, due to uh, the effects of the war and also uh, conditions causing uh, high unemployment and inflation. Um, uh, and, okay. and so this is mainly due to the, uh, the cost of fighting the war against Napoleon. Um, Napoleon's uh, continental system essentially um, taking away all of continental Europe as a market from Great Britain um, and also the uh, Great Britain getting into an escalating conflict with the United States which eventually became the War of 1812 Okay. Um, so this uh, deepening crisis uh, leads to widespread protests and violence um, but the, uh, the middle classes and upper classes of Britain strongly support the government and they use the army um, in order to suppress the uh, the working class, um, especially the Luddites. That's always going to go over well. Um, the Luddites would uh, beat at night on the moors um, that surrounded the industrial towns in order to protect, uh, practice military-like drills and maneuvers. Um, their main area of operation uh, began in uh, Nottinghamshire in, um, in November of 1811, um, followed by uh, the West Riding of, of, of Yorkshire in 1812, um, and then uh, Lancashire by March 1813. Hey, what's a moor? Because um, I thought a moor was like a Muslim. Spelled it differently. No, they're both spelled the same. Okay, so M-O-R. what's a moor? They're not like, like, <laughs> they're how not like I practicing have, on How top can I have s'more <laughs> of nothing? While not- mooring is like tying up a ship. Right. So what are the moors uh, uh, that they're practicing military drills on? Like they're not like telling all like these Muslims to lay down and like walking on top of them, are they? No, uh, a moor is like land. That's all it yeah, is. it's it's just like a uh, essentially like if you've ever seen like pictures of like the English countryside or like Scotland, uh-huh. like like that's like a moor. Okay, yeah. okay. So basically, it's open flat land. Well, it, it's kind of like hilly and, and stony, but. But okay. yeah, right. um, so they would they would wreck specific types of machinery, uh, mainly those that posed a threat uh, to um, industrial interests in each region. Um, in the in the Midlands, uh, the the machines they targeted were wide knitting frames uh, used to make uh, cheap and inferior uh, lace articles. Okay. Um, in the northwest, uh, weavers. Uh, would uh, attempt to eliminate uh, steam-powered uh, looms, uh, which threatened wages in the cotton trade. And in and in Yorkshire, looms. Wow. And in uh, Yorkshire, uh, workers opposed the use of, of shearing frames and uh, gig mills uh, to finish uh, woolen cloth. Okay. Um, so the the Luddite groups were highly organized, um, and uh, machine breaking uh, was like one of the several tools that they use for political ends. Um, so in addition to their raids, uh, the Luddites would also uh, do public demonstrations and they would also do the mailing of letters to local industrialists and government officials. Um, these letters would explain their reasons for destroying the machinery and threaten further action if the use of uh, quote-unquote obnoxious machines continued. Um, the writings of uh, Midland's uh, Luddites often justified their demands through uh, the legitimacy of the Company of Framework Knitters, a recognized uh, public body that already openly negotiated with masters through named representatives. So essentially a, a, a proto-trade union. So the Luddites are not interested in actually like doing violence to people. They just want to make it more difficult for capitalists to make money with new well, they, they want to correct? Well, well, they, well, they want to protect... Their um their their own interests because you know they're skilled laborers they've they've gone most of their life you know being like a tailor or whatever and then um, suddenly um uh, due to uh, advances in technology you know they've lost their their livelihood right 
but like they're not going after people at all though right or is that later on uh generally generally not they're they're generally just just doing like economic warfare hmm. i did not know that because again because this is like um because because like as mentioned previously it's not really effective for them to strike due to the way the industry works um so uh this type of uh, thing doesn't really happen today um, because strikes were more effective in the, in the modern uh, sort of like factory situation. Um, in uh, Northwest England though, uh, textile workers didn't have longstanding uh, trade institutions um, and their, uh, and their letters were mainly uh, 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 created in order to uh, get uh, recognition as a united body of tradespeople. Um, so they usually would include uh, petitions for uh, governmental reforms, such as increased minimum wages and the and the cessation of uh, child labor. Those are good things. Seems like something we're trying to do now. Well, we also have to remember, too, that, like, the people who run these factories are, like, the scum of the earth. And that, like, they're, like, they pretty much have, like, mass graves because so many people are getting, like, injured and killed in these factories. Oof. Well, that's not good. What? Yeah, because you know, like they talk about, like during, like, like in the nineteenth century and stuff, like people would die in like factories all the time. Yeah, it was, huh. it was not an uncommon thing. Yeah, like, and then, I mean, I knew people were getting like maimed. I didn't know they were dying though, like that often. Yeah, they they would die, and they would also get uh, terminally ill from working in some of these places due to working conditions. That's fair enough and understandable. The uh, the death arguments, the one I always bring up to people who are anti union. I'm like, you fucking asshole. I'm like, you have a five-day work week with 40 hours in benefits because people literally died fighting for union benefits. Like, I do off. love the people who are like, unions are fucking disgusting. And then, like, you walk out to their car and they have, like, an FOP sticker on their back windshield so they don't yep. get a ticket. And I'm like, dude. Except go, the one go. that I like that go. does real good work with telemarketing unions. I literally worked with a firefighter one time oh, who literally gosh. sat here and told me and was disgusted and hated unions and how they were the downfall of the country. And then without a fucking shred yep. of irony. It was like going to the IAFF meetings. I'm like, dude, dude, fucking go soak your head, dog. You're fucking. I, I hate yeah. you. I hate you. Yeah, just a dumbass. Um, and the uh, Northwestern Luddites too uh, would often use uh, more radical language uh, that linked their movement to the American Revolution and French revolutionaries. Um, in Yorkshire, the the letter writing campaign uh, would also uh, shift to more violent threats against local authorities. Um, who they go. viewed as complicit in the use of uh, the machinery um, that uh, that was used to exert greater commercial control over the labor market. Let them know we'll burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> um, so a lot of so a lot of times these uh, differences in occupation um, of each of the regions uh, would would create like their own uh, variation of uh, Luddite rhetoric, tactics, and uh, the degree in which they were organized. Hey, we're, um, in the, let, we're, we're in the times of wood, too. We'll burn this motherfucker to the ground. None of this shit is synthetic. This shit will burn, baby, burn. <laughs> Get this shit out of here and pay me what I'm worth. Uh, the Luddites would uh, clash with uh, government troops at Burton's Mill in Middleton and at uh, in West Hofton uh, Mill, which were both in uh, Lancashire. Um, the uh, Luddites and their supporters anonymously sent uh, death threats, too. And also possibly attacked uh, magistrate and food uh, magistrates and food merchants. Ah, leave um, the food merchants alone. Uh, activists also smashed um, Heathcote's uh, lace making machine um, in Longborough in 1816. Um, and he and uh, and other industrialists had secret chambers constructed in their buildings that could be used as hiding places during an attack. So, so they essentially started creating like panic rooms in case the Luddites uh, attacked the factory. I like how they have to make panic rooms because they know they're pieces of shit. So they're like, all right, so when it finally comes, where my, where my reaping finally comes, what I've sowed, I need a panic room because fuck these people. They're going to try to kill me. <laughs> it's like and, it's, uh, it's, it's an insane amount of like introspection that is objectively correct. But they just instead of being like, well, let me make it so I don't have to spend an extra – what is this 1800s so i don't have to spend an extra like 750 to build a panic room i could just pay my workers more and you know be fine 
But then they'd have to pay the workers more, and that's just unacceptable. Um, in 1817, an unemployed uh, Nottingham uh, uh, stockinger um, and, and most likely ex-Luddite named uh, Jeremiah uh, Brandreth led, uh, led the, uh, the Pendritch uh, Rising. Uh, the the, uh, the Pendritch uh, Rising, or uh, Revolution, was an armed uprising in 1817 that began around the village of uh, Pendritch, uh, Derbyshire, in uh, the United Kingdom. Okay. It occurred um, uh, during the nights of June 9th uh, through 10th, 1817. Um, and uh, much of the, the planning would take place in Pentridge. Uh, two of the three ringleaders were from uh, South Wingfield, and another was uh, was from Classic. Sutton in Ashfield. Classic. Uh, the, revolution, uh, the revolution itself uh, started from Hunt's Barn in South Wingfield, and the only person uh, killed died in uh, Wingfield Park. Gee. So only one person um, died during the Pentridge Rising. Yes, a, a gathering of of around uh, two to three hundred. The reporting said that hundreds were dead, and they, it was it was ridiculous. You know, okay. Um, a gathering of around two to three hundred uh, men, uh, mostly uh, laborers such as uh, stockingers, quarrymen, and iron workers, were led by uh, Jeremiah Brandreth, um, uh, and they uh, who was who was called the uh, the Nottingham Captain. Uh, set out from South Wingfield to march uh, to Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Um, they were lightly armed with pikes, scythes, and a few guns, uh, which had been hidden in a quarry in Wingfield Park and had a set of rather uh, uh, unfocused revolutionary demands, uh, such as wiping out the national debt. Um, also during this time, uh, guns have been made illegal in the in the United Kingdom. Um, gun control really starts after like the French Revolution because the... Uh, Essentially, the the British government gets real worried about you know people rising up and overthrowing their oppressors. Yeah, especially after they got their asses kicked in the the, the quote unquote New World in the United States already. I'm, I'm sure they're kind of like, well, our time's coming to an end. <laughs> Let's at least take the guns from our people so they can't fuck us over here at home. Jesus. Um, one of the men though involved in the in the rising, uh, William J. Oliver, uh, was a spy for the government. Um, and uh, him uh, and and he was able to get word to the government, which led to the uprising being uh, being put down before it uh, could grow much larger. Well, that's good. Um, uh, three men were hanged and beheaded at uh, at the uh, Derby Gowl um, for their participation in the uprising. Jail? Uh, Jeremiah Brandeth uh, Gowl D A O L. Yeah, that's pronounced jail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jeremiah Brandreth, <laughs> Isaac Ludwam, and, and William Turner. Um, they were uh, hanged and beheaded. Jeez. Not even playing with them, huh? Um, while, Wait, while what, this were was, they, what were they hung and beheaded for? Uh, essentially, like, rising up against the government. Oh, so like... I, I guess technically treason. Treason, yeah. yeah. Sedition. Uh, while it was a general uprising uh, not related to uh, machinery in factories, it's generally considered to be one of the last major Luddite acts. I feel like there's a whole lot of people in this country that should have been hanged and beheaded for treason that happened a couple years ago. But, you know, let me Jesus. go ahead and sip my fucking... What, what would you call that, man? What do you call that? If you I mean, really want to get down to brass tacks and you want to put a I'm, pin in this episode real quick, no, you got I'm not a arguing with you. I'm just, people that you try know. to overthrow and change a democratic election. I'm not what arguing. What do with you me? call that? They should be hung and right. had their fucking heads chopped off according to our own laws. Capital punishment is technically, technically on the books, the punishment for that crime. So my problem is I'm. I'm not a proponent of capital punishment. I'm not either. I do not believe in the death penalty whatsoever, <laughs> so, but oh so boy, could I make are, some they, fucking they concessions. They should really just be in jail, like what is happening now. Nah, man. <laughs> Fuck it. Not enough. Not enough. Get rid of them all. <laughs> just get rid of them. They, could, they, they, they contribute nothing to society as a whole or at large. Get rid of them. Yeah. They give us something to work against. They give me something to laugh at. It's about all their contribution to society. <laughs> uh. All right. Anyway, back on the back. <laughs> back to Steve mispronouncing jail. <laughs> I think what Ryan's trying to say is that a cleaved head no longer plots. All I'm saying that's listen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
So the British government um, altogether would dispatch 12,000 troops to suppress uh, the Luddites, um, which is noted by historian Eric uh, Hobsbawm as um, being a larger number of troops sent than with the army of the Duke of Wellington in the Peninsular War. So the British government dedicated more soldiers to the to the suppression of the Luddites than they did to the, the Peninsular War. Um, uh, so it was definitely a, a big thing. What is the Peninsular War? Uh, the Peninsular War was the, uh, the like the war for uh, Spain. And, oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Damn, they were taking it real seriously then. That's a big fucking peninsula. Um, essentially, the uh, the French had um, had like it, it, Spain turned into a clusterfuck, and the um, and the British tried to uh, prevent it be- from becoming part of the continental system. The continental clusterfuck, yeah, yeah. You know, they were getting that free breakfast, and you can't have that. <laughs> can't have that. <laughs> How dare you call that continental shit breakfast, dog? <laughs> if I wanted cold-ass Cheerios and a cold bagel, I could just go to 7-Eleven. I'm paying extra $50 for this shit. <laughs> uh, f- four Luddites, uh, led by a man named uh, George uh, Meller, uh, ambushed and assassinated a, a mill owner, uh, William uh, Horsfall, of Otisville's Mill in Marsden, West uh, Yorkshire. Um, at uh, Crossland uh, Moor in, in Huddersfield. Good God, it's way That's too many places, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Steve, you need a breath? God damn. Um, uh, Horsefall uh, 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 had remarked that he would, quote-unquote, ride up to his saddle in what I would. All right. Um, Miller uh, fired the fatal shot to uh, Horsefall's uh, groin, um, and all four men were arrested. Uh, one of the men, uh, Benjamin Walker, turned foreman, and the other three were hanged. Um, Lord Byron of the poetry fame, uh, 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 who was a, a proponent of the, uh, the working class, um, he decried the government's inane policies and ruthless repression in the House of Wards on February 27, 1812. He said, I have been in some of the most oppressed provinces of Turkey, but never under the most despotic of infidel governments did I behold such squalid wretchedness as I have seen since my return in the very heart of a Christian country. Um, Did you say that the fatal shot was to his groin? Yes. Okay, all right. Obviously, I understand that there's a lot of very um, serious vascular things down there that you get. You you hit, like, your your arteries down. You're done. It's, It's over. But, like... Can you imagine having to tell people that you died because you got shot in the dick? <laughs> well, you know the best part about the best part about dying is I don't have to tell people shit. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't have to tell uh, people anything. So, I'm dead, Ryan. Okay, I'm not like, dead, okay, Ryan. Okay, not like oh, you got to tell people you got shot. Like you're talking after, like they're talking at your like your your, your oh, celebration you of life. Yeah, like, okay. like your friends are sitting there, like I can't believe this dude got the kill because he got shot in the dick. <laughs> what a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Get up and walk it off, you beep! <laughs> oh my god! Remember, we're talking about the eighteen hundreds, so you know there's no political correctness back. Yeah, then. so the the eighteen hundreds, where it sounded like nineteen eighties Boston. <laughs> I'm sorry, twenty twenties Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's. They changed. were also really big on Larry Bird. Nothing's changed at all. <laughs> Oh my god. Is it wrong if I cut the beep out of the episode? Like, is that bad? You can just beep. You can do one of those things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god. But now you gotta also beep yourself when you said it right there, too. Yeah, I'll just keep beeping. No one will know what, what we're actually talking about. <laughs> what and word we'll is go it? go back and they'll just be like, Ryan said. Beep. Anyway, listen, <laughs> you Albanians. Wait, what? You guys don't like the Albanians? No, nah, I got no problem there. Yeah, uh, well, you shot I don't the want dick. No you're like an Albanian. Bronson. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any action Bronson smoke. Uh, the, uh, the British government attempted to uh, suppress the Luddite movement with a mass trial held in York in January of 1813. Um, this was after an attack on Cartwright's Mill at, at Rothfolds uh, near uh, Cleckheaton. Uh, the government would charge over 60 men, including uh, Mellor and his companions, with various crimes in connection with Luddite activities. Um, while some of those charged were actual members of the Luddite movement, uh, many had no connection to the movement. 
Um, although the proceedings were legitimate jury trials, uh, many were abandoned due to lack of evidence and 30 men were acquitted. Um, the, these trials were um, intended to act as show trials to deter the Luddites from continue, uh, continuing their activities. And, and despite the fact that they had to acquit 30 of the men, uh, harsh sentences were meted out to those who were found guilty, which included execution and penal uh, transportation. Uh, and, and this helped quickly end the movement. Okay. Um, Parliament also made uh, machine breaking um, a, a capital crime with the uh, Frame Breaking Act of 1812. Lord um, Byron opposed this legislation, uh, becoming one of the few prominent defenders of the Luddites after the um, after the after how the uh, defendants were treated at the trials. Too bad it wasn't the the United States. You know that the defense would be freedom of speech. I can break your shit. It's my freedom of speech. <laughs> you can't lock me up more. My freedom of speech. Well, no, you just have the Second Amendment. So if that frame is looking at you weird, you just you just shoot it. <laughs> uh, sir, why did you shoot uh, uh, an inanimate loom for weaving cotton? Well, <clears throat> I'm here to tell you, uh, I'm kind of retarded. The globalist. Okay. <laughs> oh, it, it knows. Hey, you do a bit of an Alex Jones there. Listen, that Alex Jones clip of him on Rogan where he's talking to Joe and Joe's like, he said something like, how do you know all this? Or like, why do you think this is real? Whatever the fuck? Like, you listen, calling him out and he's like, I'm going to be honest with you here, Joe. I'm a little retarded. Like, that was the funniest fucking thing I've ever yeah, seen like in my he, life. Yeah, like, he just admitted it. Like, like right this, there. He just admitted <laughs> it. Like, it was also, like, wasted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, hey. I, I do, I do love... I do love the clip of him like ranting about like like about the transdimensional demons or whatever. Yeah. And then just putting like the uh, Deus Ex music behind him. Oh he's like God. ranting about the cyber demons. I mean, even if he's a waste even if he was wasted, which he clearly was, a drunk mind speaks an honest heart, right? Yeah, that's what I said. The the classics Latin in Vino Veritas. In wine truth. Hmm. Um, so in the nineteenth century, um, Occupations that arose from the growth of trade and shipping imports, um, also um, as uh, uh, domestic manufacturers, were notorious for their uh, precarious uh, employment prospects. Precarious? Um, yeah, because like underemployment is uh, chronic. Um, so like, even if you do get a job, the chances are it's not going to pay enough or that you're going to quickly lose it. So there's a guy, he was the guy that was famous a couple of years ago for um, shitting on millennials for eating avocado toast, okay? R that, Russell that, Brand? That, no, 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 this is like an actual like business owner, millionaire, some one of these fucking dickheads who thinks he's Warren Buffett, but he's just like a stain on Warren Buffett's shoe in mm -hmm. terms of like financial cap capacity, right? Okay. So he he's the one that, that started that millennials will never get anywhere in life because they're <clears throat> too, you know, obsessed with putting avocado on toast or whatever the fuck. Just some just in, insanely asinine fucking opinion, right? So he came out with some new shit, some new hotness recently that I saw where he's uh, blaming everything on the, uh, like, the we'll just say the proletariat, like the workers, right? And he's saying that, effectively, he said that the workers got this got this attitude that they run things, not the employer, and the employer needs to, <laughs> needs to clamp down. And his exact words were, we need to bring unemployment up to 50% to show these people what really is what. And I'm just like... I saw that... that uh, wow. I saw that comment. I didn't know what... Uh he did what like a referencing. TED talk, like a shitty capitalist TED talk for, you know, all these fucking sure. billionaires. And he was basically saying, fuck workers, like we basically own them. And I'm just like, dog, let me tell you something. You're in Australia, right? So you're you're at least safe as far as that's concerned from us here in the States. But boy, you better pray to God that day does not ever come where there's like a real type of workers uprising because you're going to be the first one that they're looking for. I mean, that's the problem, right? What's there's that? Well, the upper crust of everything now is so hyper insulated. Like, there's no, they don't have any fear of the working class anymore. Yeah, yeah we need to bring that back. Um, but uh, during this time, period... <laughs> Steve's like, let me rapidly get away from this. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, now in in relation to this, like, like to to go in, like, also why, like, um, like also to, to sort of put a bow on this and explain like why a lot of this is happening as well. Is that um, underemployment was um, was very uh, common during this period, and it was a, a common practice 
for uh, for factory owners to keep a, a larger uh, workforce than was uh, necessary as insurance against uh, labor shortages at boom times. Meaning that you, you just keep a large workforce and pay them less and, and, and don't have as much for them to do because there may come a time in the near future where you where you might get like a lot of orders in and you need more you need more laborers. Right. So instead of having to like hire and, and get those people, you just have these people that you're underemploying. I always tell people when they're always complaining, like, hey, man, I can't afford to pay my fucking workers $20 an hour. I'm just a small business owner. I can't afford it. Well, then maybe you can't afford to be a business friend straight up. Or um, maybe you don't need to have that six-figure salary while, you're empl- while your employees barely are cracking five. Come on. Um, so the uh, the organization of, of manufacture by uh, merchant capitalists in the textile industry was also uh, inherently unstable um, due to the way things worked. Um, so while uh, financiers, uh, their, their capital was uh, mostly largely invested in raw materials, it was easy uh, to increase uh, commitment when trade was good and almost easy to cut back when times were bad. Uh, merchant capitalists also lacked an incentive of later factory owners whose capital was invested in building some plants to maintain a steady rate of production and return on fixed capital. Uh, the combination of seasonal variations in wage rates and violent short-term fluctuations springing from harvests and war produced periodic outbreaks of violence. Um, so it, it's just generally poorly organized all around during this time period, and the, and the nature of how things are producing just, just sort of lends things to be uh, bad for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, how is it bad for the people up top? Well... It, just the way things are because done because those workers won't shut the fuck up, Ryan. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because Their you're, lives you're are trying more difficult because of my you're, fat fucking mouth bitching. <laughs> you're, you're trying to polish your 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 gold and diamond encrusted pocket watch, and they just won't stop whining about you know their hand got caught in the machine. People with no class consciousness and people who don't, you know, like the bootlickers and everything else. Like, there's a lot of things in this world that irritate me over the course of the last. Fuck, what, five years now? Four years now that we've been doing this show? Like, you know, there's tons of things that irritate me. But the people that are just just no class consciousness and allowing these rich fucks to just totally run over you and have absolutely no ability to look at the people that they stand next to and be like, hey, like, this is wrong. Let's stand up to this shit. Is just, that's infuriating. Well, I mean, the whole system is is set up right now where you can't afford to do that. Uh, I mean, okay, here's the deal. But that's what I'm Some saying. Some people like, are going to take a hit. The thing that you're right? upset, the thing that you're saying, people should be like angry about and like get up about. I agree with you, but like at the same time, the system is set up so that they're disempowered so much and so preoccupied with living their own lives that they have no idea what's going on behind the other curtain. You know, they're yeah. not even no, paying attention. I, and to I mean, it. And I a lot get of people it, are not as aware if- of, of the problem. You know. I think a lot of people also aren't aware of the fact that, yeah, like you're, it's going to be it, – it's going to hurt. Like there's going to be some people that are going to take some take some punches. But boy, if if the working class in this country actually had some some understanding and came together and said, no, nah, we're not going to take this fuck shit anymore. You're going to pay me what the fuck we're worth. No, you're not You're not going to exist on a nine-figure salary while I'm barely you know living yeah. paycheck to paycheck. You suck my dick. It's what's, not happening anymore. What, what's also because you know the, the lie of the American – the American dream yeah. that everybody thinks are just a temporarily embarrassed like millionaire. Yeah, work hard, you'll get to where the CEO is, but you forget that the CEO already started on third base and you started in the fucking dugout, not even in the like the batter circle yet. So yeah. I, it's it's not fair. It is rigged. But if oh, yeah. more people understood that you know a group of fifty people coming together to protest is not going to do jack shit. I'm sorry, but if you nah, had an, a concerted effort across the country that that was just like no fuck you, shit's done. We're not working at all. This entire country is coming to a stop until you figure your shit out. There would be an understanding. You know what I'm saying? There would be a very big come to Jesus moment for the elites, quote unquote, that kind of like run shit and own shit to say, okay, this is not going to work anymore. Yep. Um, but uh, essentially, my my point about why it was uh, not as not as good for the people who own the factories, say later factory owners, is because um, later factory owners they're investing in the the factory they're in. 
uh, like the actual like building itself and the machinery so that they can switch things out and they're just constantly producing to pay back on their their loans and such. Right. Whereas these guys are very much on like a boom or bust period, which they can pull back, but it makes them less able to like pay pay down their loans because they're they're essentially based on the whims of the market. Right. Which, like, regardless of how, like, the automobile market is going, for instance, like, Ford's going to keep, like, pumping out cars. I mean, Ford's going to keep pumping out cars because they're, like, one of these dickhead companies that are, quote-unquote, too big to fail. If they start to fail, the government is going to inject billions of fucking dollars to bail them out. Like, that's just what's going to happen. Just like the airline industry when they did it. Just like with the financial industry when they did it. Ford is one of those American companies that the government will not allow to fail even if they went bankrupt. Well, well, the... the point i was essentially making was that they're they're just gonna they're just gonna keep constantly making cars in order to pay back on their um their debts yeah um but but these guys aren't that they're just going to produce as the as the market dictates it's it's almost it's not made to order but it's almost made to order if you get what i mean yeah gotcha gotcha um so the luddites were so um defeated by the british government that you know the the whole term luddite has um, has come to mean someone who's opposed to new technologies and not the original um, sort of meeting of, of Luddite, which is a person who's opposed to their, their job being taken away by a machine. Fucking TikTok. Listen, I would love a fucking robot to come do all my EKGs for me, but God damn it, I am not downloading another fucking social media app. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> let that robot start my IVs and draw blood. Let that robot, let him do everything. I don't give a shit, but you I'm know what? I'm just over here hanging out at Luddite.io. Which is I will always watch my Luddites. TikToks through Instagram. <laughs> it's just how it's going to work. <laughs> and, um, and, and for instance, too, uh, uh, modern uh, labor movements in the UK also somewhat rejected the uh, the Luddite um, uh, sort of way of doing things as well. In, in 1956, um, and during a, a, a parliamentary debate, uh, a labor spokesman said that organized workers were by no means wedded to a Luddite philosophy. Hmm. Um, no, so me, technology me, meaning, helps regardless. Well, well yeah, but it, but it also comes a thing, too, which a lot of times people... Um, People use automation as a means of like saying like, oh, you know, the factory shut down. It only is many people. But in reality, what usually happens is they just move the factory to like another country like Mexico where they have to where they can pay the workers less. Something that was brought to my attention by somebody who is far smarter than me when I was talking about AI, um, I would say recently, um, was we specifically talked about what happens when AI becomes, you know, efficient enough to actually replace humans at jobs. Um, and I don't mean like, oh, we're setting up, you know, computers so that you can order your food at McDonald's and just somebody in the back, pit, you know, puts together. You don't have to talk to a cashier. Right. But like when people actually start losing their jobs because of advanced AI and it was kind of interesting, this person's um, view on it because they are very, very, very pro AI person. Um and it was effectively that it's not that, like, yes, there'll be a period of hardship where you're seeing jobs disappear but and being taken over by AI, but it's also that the human, it will open up new job opportunities that we just can't understand right now. You're on, like, your, uh, your like, Kevin Smith soliloquy uh, soapbox this week, huh? So I don't know if that's <laughs> true or not. I'll bring you to ask like you guys, like, is that three real? to five minute rants. I lost, I don't even know where you started. <laughs> <sighs> you gotta be briefer with me, bro. I've had marijuana, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've had copious what? amounts this entire time we've been recording, and yeah, I can still I, do this. I, yeah, I can't. Like, I can't keep up. <laughs> Five minutes ago. Basically, um, this person said to me that AI will not destroy jobs. It will create new jobs that we cannot really conceive of being jobs yet. Yeah, Absolutely. A- right now, AI is just a glorified utility. Like it's it's, 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 it's nothing special. It's just like at the military school in The Simpsons, you know, <laughs> the wars of the future will be fought by by robots in space or on the tops of mountains. It will be your job to service those robots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think of it like just from a perspective of what I do for a living. You know, I I work from home and I just do IT all day. I help people all over the state with computer problems. It's mm-hmm. I never even really, if I don't want to, and I don't, but I don't have to leave my house. Like, I can just basically sit here and work all day. That fucking job didn't exist five years ago. 
like in the way that it does now. Like I'm not against, like I said I'm not against AI, but I want it to be implemented in a way that it it was it an okay helps movie. The workers, <laughs> no, it's a garbage movie. But I want it to be implemented in a way that helps workers, not that is going to yeah. take over functions of workers. Because I don't think most do people that, would disagree with you, right? And if you do that without a, a, a way to pay the workers so they can still live, if they can't get a job now, then you're just you are destined for downfall. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, by uh, by the year 2006, uh, a term neo um emerged to uh, describe um, opposition to technology. Um, uh, according to a manifesto drawn by the uh, Second Luddite Congress uh, in April of 1996 in Barnesville, Ohio, uh, neo, uh, neo-Luddism is, quote-unquote, a leaderless movement of passive resistance to consumerism and increasingly bizarre and frightening technologies of the computer age. Uh, neo Luddites are characterized by uh, by several of the following practices: uh, passively abandoning the use of technology, harming those who produce technology harmful to the environment, advocating simple living, or sabotaging technology. Um, so essentially, like Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> <laughs> there um, he is. The, the modern the modern neo Luddite movement uh, also has connections with anti globalization, um, uh, anarcho primitivism, and uh, radical environmentalism and deep ecology. Can you imagine um, showing like a hardcore Luddite like Rotten.com? <laughs> Just be like, look at the technological wonders we can achieve. Their <laughs> <laughs> fucking Christ. head would explode. Because <laughs> um, uh, neo Luddism is ultimately concerned with the with the impact of technology on individuals, their communities, and or the environment. Um, neo Luddism stipulates the use of precautionary principles for all new technology insisting that technologies be proven safe before adoption uh, due to the unknown effects that new technologies might inspire. Um, uh, Neo-Luddism distinguishes itself uh, from uh, Luddism in that Luddism opposes all forms of technology, while, uh, whereas Neo-Luddism only opposes technology deemed destructive or otherwise detrimental to society. So I'm a Neo-Luddite because um, I hate ChatGPT and I hate TikTok. Gotcha. Neo Luddite heard. Um, the term uh, Luddite fallacy is used by uh, economists about the fear uh, that uh, technological unemployment inevitably generates structural unemployment and is uh, consequently uh, macroeconomically injurious. So basically, um, Luddite fallacy is saying that technology is going to replace jobs, but it actually won't. Yeah, it's sort of this fa- this belief that uh, automation and stuff will decrease jobs. Um, and, and be damaging on the on the economy overall, but it generally isn't. Yeah, because like um, I said, we, we find new jobs that pop up well, once you well, have yes, that. Because if an innovation reduces uh, uh, labor inputs in a given sector, um, then the industry-wide cost of production falls, which lowers the competitive price increases and increases the equilibrium supply point that theoretically will require an increase in aggregate labor inputs. Are you sure you're not a fucking economics major, too? What? <laughs> Also, too, that would only be true if CEOs and corporations weren't greedy as fuck. And instead of saying, oh, it costs us less now because we're automating, let's charge less. Nope. (laughs) Psych, bitch. You're going to charge you more. (laughs) Well, while most economists generally agree on this, um, there's sort of been uh, there's been increased support for the view that um, that the benefits of automation are not equally distributed, which is essentially what you're talking about. Yeah, it's oh this thing that costs five dollars to produce with human beings now costs a dollar due to automation, but instead of dropping the price because it only costs a dollar, we're going to charge you more because we're using new and improved machines. Now we got to pay for the machines and the upkeep of the machines, so now we're going to charge you ten dollars instead of five. <laughs> Snoochie boochies, <laughs> dude. It's you can you can like. It's like a fucking book. You can read this shit when people do it. The new the new thing was Unity CEOs like, oh, we're gonna start charging for people to download games on Unity. Like, what? Are you out of your fucking mind? How do you no? <laughs> Wait, charging people who use the Unity engine? Yeah. So it, the developers you, get you charged. You didn't hear about that? The developers no, get charged twenty not, cents per game download once your your game eclipses two hundred thousand downloads and X amount of money in a fiscal year 
you now have to start paying Unity 20 cents every time somebody installs a game that uses the Unity engine. What the fuck? No. So now, imagine if no, someone I wrote think, a fucking I think script not. on their computer to install, delete, and reinstall Tarkov all day long. Yep. And now imagine hundreds of thousands of people did that. Yeah. yeah oh I boy, is Battlestate Games fucked. So, like, I mean, they're already starting to walk it back, but again, this is what happens when you allow corporations just to do shit unregulated like that. They're going to be greedy. Yep, we're overdue for a fix. I'm glad that I'm still young, so I hope I live long enough to see it happen, because, ooh, I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. Oh. On that note, that was the story <laughs> of the Luddites. I like how we have this like uh, this like rhythm where like where we're going back and forth, and we're just waiting for Steve to like jump in and say some more stuff, and it nev- it doesn't stop. Like, it just keeps going throughout the whole episode, and then Steve's just like, ah, Steve's like, well, we're done. I got nothing more to Ryan, say. Ryan's just gonna tell the story about how he got to write like the Superman script for. Nicholas Cage and you <laughs> <laughs> just doing those like those Kevin Smith soliloquies, you know. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. I just have a lot of strong opinions on capitalism, Absolutely. and labor, and workers. And dude, listen, like I'm not discounting die your on. opinion. I'm not. That is, that's the hill opinion. I'll die on. Is that everybody in this country deserves to get paid way fucking more? You're doing and it CEOs, again. <laughs> by and large, deserve to get thrown up against a fucking wall. I hate TikTok. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Me too. It's the only place I can watch Candlepin Bowling other than Facebook. <laughs> the Luddites didn't think about that shit though. They didn't think about how it would create a way to digitally interact with Candlepin Bowling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. And on that note, good night. Good luck. Bye.